So we're here on the uh, Spurs Celtic Lockdown podcast and it's episode three with current player uh, John Ustabashi. I'd just like to welcome John onto the podcast. Um, we're going to talk about John's career. Uh, so he's only halfway through it. Uh, it's still got some time to go. Uh, COVID, if, what, as long as COVID goes away. Um, so we're just going to start off with uh, a bit about John. So. John has Turkish heritage, and if I'm right in saying, uh, you went over to Turkey. You were born in Manchester, uh, but you went back over to Turkey in when you were 18, um, and signed for a club called Denizlispor. Yeah, correct. So just tell me a bit about how your career started. Did you did you have a club over in England, and then how did it come about that you went over to Turkey? and signed for Denzel as well. I think it's something to do with your dad, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, I listened to uh, the, the first podcast the other day, which was which was really good. Um, yeah, so uh, my dad is Turkish, my mum is English. Um, so I was, I was born in Manchester. Um, always played for, for local sides around Manchester and Warren area because I kind of I grew up mainly in Warrington but my, uh, my my parents split up so I was with my dad on the weekends in Manchester and then kind of like the uh, the, the midweek with my mum so I played um, for, for Boothstown which is in which is in Manchester and then I always played for my school teams and, and, and other local clubs around Warrington but I never actually kind of um, played for for, for a uh, like a professional club um, in, in my youth career was always playing at amateur levels, you know, trying to play for, 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 for county teams and, and school teams and stuff like that. But yeah, I never had the opportunity to um, experience youth football at a professional level in, in the UK. So basically when I was 18, I'd finished um, sixth form college and I actually went on holiday with, uh, with my parents to, to Turkey. And my dad was, was good friends with two guy Kerimolu. Maybe you might know him. He used to play for Blackburn, centre mid, long hair, really great football player. But um, when he went to go and visit him, there was um, there was a football agent there, and he basically just said, "Like, look, I know the president. He's a new president of this team. It was a, a championship um, so second tier team in Turkey. And uh, if you want, you can send John to to go for like a, a five day trial." So. Obviously, my dad kind of jumped at it and said, yeah, okay, we're going to go there because of uh, we actually met um, two guys in Istanbul and, and Denizli's kind of more Midland Turkey. And obviously, Turkey's quite a, quite a big country, so it was quite far away. But anyway, we went there and then um, started to train with the, with the first team. Obviously, I was only 18 then and uh, did a couple of friendly games and, and we were training twice a day. And um, yeah, I ended up um, signing there after about a week. But the problem was, um, was at that at that moment you could only have a limited number of, of foreign players playing for um, in that division. Essentially, there was only three, and they basically didn't want to use one of their foreign players, who's normally going to be like their star player, on a young eighteen-year-old kid, basically. So I had to go through the process of becoming a Turkish um, national. Um, because I, obviously I was born in England, I only had a an English passport, 
So I had to go through the process of, of becoming um, a Turkish citizen. And that was, that took forever. You know, we had to go to like Turkish embassies in London, why, why I wanted to become a, a Turkish national and stuff like this. And obviously with, with becoming a Turkish citizen, you have to do a military service as well. So um, every male in Turkey has to do like, I think 12 months military service um, in Turkey. Obviously there's ways to kind of reduce that and to, to get out of it. If you go to university, I think it, it reduces by about six months. And then also if you live abroad, um, you can delay it until a certain age and then you can obviously pay for it to, um, you know, to just not do it essentially. So my dad obviously living abroad, he, he actually paid to not, to not do it. But back then it was a lot of money. It was like 10 grand to, to kind of get out of it. Obviously he had a son over here and had his job and stuff, so he couldn't, he couldn't do it. Um, so he managed to pay to get out of it. But uh, yeah, I've got all that to come, I suppose. Um, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to save up some money to pay out. I don't think it's 10 grand anymore. I think it's only around a grand or something, so it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, I had to go through that process of, of becoming a, a Turkish citizen. And then I ended up actually signing forms in the January of 2013, I think it was. So I went over in 2012, the summer of 2012. And I could only train throughout that period. I was never allowed to, to, um, to play any competitive matches. So I kind of trained with the, um, the under-21 side. Um, and, and I stayed there for about two and a half years, it was, in, in Denizli. Um, mainly kind of, I was kind of working my way up, so I was kind of training with the first team, but, but playing all of the games in the, um, the under-21 team. I think I made like 70 appearances or, or something like that. And um, ended up making one first team appearance, which was in the, in the cup. I think I came on in extra time of a cup game, and my first touch, I, I headed it onto the bar, and it was drawing 1-1. I just think to myself, like, if that would have gone in, maybe I would have got an extended run in the team and, you know, maybe my career at that, that club might have panned out differently. But yeah, I ended up leaving after my contract ran out in 2015, just basically because of, at that time I was 21 and um, I wanted to play first team football essentially. So yeah, I left them then. So are you going to be doing your military service or are you, are you hoping to pay out of it? Yeah, so basically you, you have up until you are 38 years old to complete it. So I'm 26 now, so I've got an extra, I've got 12 years basically to decide whether I want to complete it or to, to pay to get out of it. So I think that leads up until 2032. So I've got plenty of time to kind of save up the money to kind of get out of it. My plan is not to um, do the military service um, and hopefully pay out of it, but you know, you never know what will happen. <laughs> You might yeah. see me um, holding AK-47s one day, you never know. <laughs> um, so you left uh, Denzel Spore uh, and then you moved to Fethiye Spore, is that right? Yeah, Fethiye Spore. So um, Fethiye is more, much more of a holiday destination. It's on, the, uh, it's on the west coast of Turkey. So a lot of Brits will go to um, Fethiye on holiday, especially in the summer. There's lots of, um, there's lots of tourists there. So that kind of um, attracted me to, to kind of go there because of when I went to Turkey, I couldn't actually speak any Turkish. So 
I kind of felt like I was only speaking to the three people who could maybe speak English out of the whole, whole squad. So being able to go to Fetier, I thought maybe it would be a more like, uh, more like England, essentially, you know, Brits abroad, you know, people with the, the tops off roaming around the streets and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, and, and hopefully more kind of first team opportunities was going to come from it. So the, the, the actual coach who signed me when I joined Denizli was the coach of Fetier at that time. So I also thought like it would, it would maybe be a, be a chance to kind of go there and impress. Um, so yeah, I went there and I, I signed, I think it was a, a two year contract and, uh, the first year went, went all right. I think I made like, um, 10 off 10 to 15 appearances in the first team. I think in, in a season is about 30, 30 odd games. So a lot of the times I was in the squad, but maybe not getting on or sometimes I was in the first 11 or sometimes I was on the bench. So that was a good kind of, um, stepping stone to what kind of men's football was like a bit abroad, obviously. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was a lovely place to kind of go, you know, especially in the summer, it was, you could go to the beaches and, and, and chill out. And there was always like activities to kind of get involved with, you know, like water sports and loads of restaurants to, to, to go to. So it was, it was a really nice place to kind of live. Obviously in the summer, um, it's really good, but then in the winter when everything's kind of closed down, it, it was a bit boring. But ultimately, I think I think it was it was a good experience. Um, so it, the first year was quite good, and then in my second season, I started to play a lot more. So I was more in the first eleven, and um, I, I pulled a good um, string of games together. But it came to a point where they they either wanted I only had six months left on my contract, so it came to the January of 2014, I think. And um, after pulling together like a, a good string of games, they wanted me to renew my contract. And that was when it kind of hit like a sticky point because I always had ambitions to, 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 to move to England and, and play in England. Uh, and in my mind, it was always the sooner the better. But, um, but yeah, there was only six months left on my contract and they basically gave me an ultimatum. They basically said like, look, you either sign this extension for another like one and a half years or whatever, or we'll, we'll leave you out of the squad. You know, you'll, you'll have to train with the, um, with the youth team and we'll be like really shit to you and stuff like that. So it came to that point where I was like, do I just stay here and, and, and kind of, um, you know, just see out the rest of my contract and leave on a free um, come the end of the season or do I, do I try and look around for a club now? So I thought, obviously, I was young and didn't want to waste any time. So, so I decided to kind of leave in January. Um, but obviously, there was some kind of punishment for leaving in January. In Turkey, you, you get offered, you know, you get offered your wage and stuff like that, but you never get it consistently. You'll never get it your weekly wage every week or your monthly wage every month or your, your bonuses all the time. You'll get it like every now and again and... And at, at that point, I was owed like maybe maybe four months of the six months wages that I was um, that I was supposed to be receiving. And they basically said like, well, yeah, okay, you can go, but you're gonna have to leave all that money here. So I had to kind of make that decision of of do I do I leave my money and and leave now, or do I hopefully try and keep the money but waste six months of of your career essentially? So yeah, I ended up leaving. Um, uh, halfway through that season and that was when I went to Bursa.
Yeah, so you move on to first rate. It sort of confuses me this one because it, I, I, like when I look at your circus club, I know Bursa Sport. Um, is it? Do, do they have a link to club? Is it a club called Yes so Bursa or something like that? And and you play for them? Yeah. So 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 basically, when I left Fetier, I um, someone got into in contact with me about going to to a club. And I only wanted to go for six months. So I agreed to go to Yeshil Bursa, which is kind of like a feeder club. So if you imagine like, for example, I don't know, Newcastle United, and they've got their feeder club in, you know, League One, and they'll send out their young players there. It's kind of similar to that, but they, I suppose they have it more abroad. So, you know, they have Barcelona, Barcelona B, stuff like that. But the Barcelona B team doesn't play in like an under-21s league, actually plays league football. The only thing with that is that they can never go to the same division as as Bursa yeah. Sport. So if they were in one division below and they won the league, they wouldn't get promoted essentially. But yeah, so I ended up transferring to them in the January, and there was a there was a mid season camp. So um, at the camp, the Bursa Sport players, the actual uh, men's team from the Super League, were in the same hotel as us, and we trained at the same facility during that kind of because there's a winter break in Turkey, so. All clubs go to like, you know, places with high altitude to get like good training in essentially. And we were in the same place. So we had played like a friendly game. Uh, it was my first friendly game with them while I was training. And um, I played quite well. I think I think I scored like two goals or something. And the first team coach of first school was actually watching. And after that, he basically invited me to train with the first team. So I was, I was, I was shitting myself basically because it was a big step up. It was like three divisions above, um, you know, what I was playing at. And obviously at the time, I think I was what, 20, 22, something like that. So still quite young, but um, yeah. So I ended up training with them for, for about a week and I played in a friendly game against some team from Iran, I think, or something like that. I can't, I can't really remember. It was some random team. And um, basically after the, the one week of training with them, the first team coach basically wanted to sign me for, for the um, for Bursa Sport. So I ended up signing like a pre-contract arrangement was that for the six months I'll go to Yeshil Bursa because they needed, uh, they needed a player in my position and I already basically agreed to go there. And then after that contract runs out, I'll become a, a Bursa Sport player. So I signed a six-month deal with, um, with Yeshil Bursa and then after that I'd finished... I became a, a burst sport player on a contract for two years. So, yeah, so when I came to Yeshil Bursa, that was kind of, that kind of motivated me basically to do to do well. Um, but unfortunately, my first game with Yeshil Bursa a few weeks later, within five minutes, I, I had a collision with the goalkeeper and I broke my arm. Um, I remember a ball was being crossed in from the left wing and I was just looking, you know, to try and head it in essentially. And the keeper's gone up to, to collect the ball with his knee, like in front. A lot of goalkeepers do to kind of protect themselves. And obviously, last minute, I've kind of put my arm in the way like that. And um, his knee's just smashed straight into my arm there. And it's just completely uh, snapped that bone. I remember getting up and the physio was like, oh, can, can you continue? Can you continue? I was like, I don't know. My arm feels just so weird. So we strapped it up on the side because of... It, the bone was sticking out, but obviously I didn't know it was broken. Like when the bone was aligned, it felt all right and strong. But when 
when the bone was was like this, I, I couldn't like clench my fist. It was so weird. And um, so we basically strapped it up and it was kind of aligned and it was all right. Um, so then I was like running on the sideline thinking I could come on and my hand was just like basically <laughs> like that. It was crazy. Uh, so I said like, nah, I don't think I can play. Like, so obviously there's two bones in your arm. So one of the bones was taking all of the resistance essentially. So I would have played on, I probably would have snapped the other one and been in a worse condition. Um, so yeah, I had to come off and then went to the hospital and had to have like an operation on my arm. I think I was out for like six weeks, four, four to six weeks or something. I had to have like a plate and all um, like staples in my arm. Um, so any time I go to an airport now and there's a metal detector, it, it kind of goes off because of the metal plates in, in my arm. Um, so yeah, that wasn't like the greatest start. Um, so I was out for like um, six, six, six weeks and then I, I'd come back. I think there was only 11 games left of the actual season. Um, so yeah, I, I managed to play the rest of the 11 games. I think I scored seven in 11 games. And yeah, it was quite successful because of the team I had gone to was kind of like a a mid-table team um, so we did we did quite well uh, I don't think we, we lost a home game I think we did all right away from home so it was although I had a bit of a bad unlucky start with breaking my arm it was quite it was quite a good platform to go to um, versus Spore in the summer of the following year So if you, get, if you eventually get to versus Spore you have two years there what's it like from, from where you have been to stepping up to the, the first division in Turkey yeah, it was a um, massive difference, obviously, with like funding, you know, they could literally order all types of sports equipment, even just having like GPSs on you to track, you know, what you were running in training and just the amount of staff, you know, they had like multiple physios, you know, masseurs, club doctors, you know, and, and more in the leagues that I was playing in, you know, you had one masseur, you had, um, you know, a kit man, um, you know, you had a physio, there was no club doctor, you know, you had one head coach, an assistant and a goalkeeper, whereas here it was just like, there was almost as many like staff as there was actual like players. So that was obviously surreal. And then obviously just thinking like, wow, like how have I managed to kind of strike lucky with this opportunity? Like, you know, um, I was playing like a few divisions below and and, you know, not many people make the jump from, you know, essentially League Two in England to the Premier League, you know, you know, it just doesn't happen. And uh, I found myself like really fortunate and, you know, I was there for the whole, um, the whole first years of pre-season. So we went to Austria um, and played against a couple of, you know, different countries, teams. It was a really good experience. We were training like high altitude and all that. The coach at the time was Paul Le Guin. Um, he used to manage for Rangers. I think he's currently managing um, a team in France's uh, league, like championship level, essentially. Um, I think he's there now. Um, so it was good to have an, an English-speaking coach, essentially. But yeah, just the, the players were just a lot better, essentially. You know, you had you had international players um, playing for their countries that were were in that squad, and obviously, I was just. You know, a, you know, a, a kid from you know a lower league team with no like mass experience or anything like that. But 
yeah, it was it was really good to kind of be a part of and and, and to be involved with, and, and then ultimately it came to the fact that I spoke with the head coach of that year, and he said, <clears throat> you know, obviously I'm I'm a new coach here, and obviously you're you're a young player who's come from because this coach that was um, actually head of head of the sport at the time wasn't the coach that signed me unfortunately, so he didn't really know a lot about me as well. Um, he basically just said like, look, your, your playing time will probably be very limited. Um, it's probably best that you go out on, on loan essentially. So I said, yeah, okay, no worries. You know, it was good experience and obviously I want to keep playing. I don't want to just be at a team where I'm, I'm kind of struggling to even make the bench essentially. So I, um, I got some offers from other teams, but they kind of forced me to go back to the, the, um, the second team, which I'd already been at, Yeshil Bursa. And I wasn't really too happy about that because of teams from higher leagues that were offering like better money and stuff like that wanted me. But they basically said, if you go there, we won't take you back, essentially. It wasn't necessarily the coach that was saying that. It was more kind of the people, you know, in and behind the, behind the club. So although I did like being there at Yeshil Bursa, I did think like I could play at a higher level, you know, a higher tier, and I thought that would benefit me more. But yeah, I ended up going back to to Yeshil Bursa for the for the um, for the following season. And, and how did that go? Yeah, so um, it wasn't as successful as as my first season. Um, there was a lot of changes. You know, the coach had changed. Um, it was a much younger team this year. You know, I was one of the oldest players at twenty three, and. Um, and um, I think I managed to play about 25 games. I'd been injured quite a little bit. I'd, um, I'd torn my hamstring in, in, in a game. And then about four, four or five weeks later, I came back for my, next, for my first game back from injury. And I'd torn it straight away. After five minutes, um, I had to come off again and I'd, I'd redone that. So I missed quite a lot of games through injury. But again, it was good to kind of like play... Um, you know, almost being the team like every week, you know, starting in the position that you wanted to play in. But it was it was a difficult season. There was, I think there was three managers in that year. And um, ultimately, I would have liked it to have been, to have been better. But fortunately, um, I was able to still go back to Bursaspor the following year for another pre-season, which was, which was positive, I suppose. Yeah, and then uh, the final... Uh, club in Turkey was a team called Bandırmaspor. Yeah, Bandırmaspor. So that's also quite local to Bursa. I, I'd returned back to Bursa Sport for another pre-season. Um, same again, really. I'd done, I'd done quite well, but ultimately the coach had said, like, look, you're, uh, you'd struggle for for minutes. Essentially, we want you to go back on loan. And I basically said, like, I've only got one year left in my contract, so there's, there's no point in me going out on loan to, you know, you go out on loan and then you're out of contract then, essentially. So I ended up cancelling my contract with Bursa Sport, and I went to Bandon Sport for, uh, I think I signed a one-year deal. So my plan was, okay, I'm going to get this one year in a, in a team in a higher league, and then I'm going to go back to England the following year and try and go on trial, essentially, and see what I could do. So, Bandama Spore was, was interesting. Um, they were a team that kind of essentially, last the previous season, had 
put a lot of pumped a lot of money into the club to get promoted and ultimately fell at the last hurdle. So they were struggling quite a lot financially. Um, and I, and um, but I thought it would be an opportunity to kind of get minutes essentially. Um, so I went there. I knew one of the assistant coaches because he was one of the coaches at Fetier, so he basically recommended me there. So I think I played 11 games out of 18. Again, it was a mixed kind of first 11 on the bench, you know, coming off the bench and stuff like that. And then um, it came to, to January and hadn't been, I think I'd probably been paid about one month's wages. And um, in fear of what had happened to me at Fetier, of me losing all that money and leaving in January, I actually took them to court, um, which kind of basically what happens is you write to the federation, so it, which would be the English FA, stating how much money you're owed and stuff. And um, it basically gives the club an ultimatum that you have to pay this money to the player within 28 days, or if not, they can cut free. And um, essentially, you still are owed that money at a later date. So I thought, you know, I'm not having the same thing that happened at Fessy where I lost all the money. I'm going to write to the Federation. And um, the 28 days went by and they hadn't paid me. So that meant in the January transfer window, I was free to do what I wanted and um, was hopeful that I was going to get my money at the end of the season because if they wasn't going to pay, they were going to face a transfer ban and, and points deductions and stuff like that. This is quite common in Turkey because of, you know, they struggle financially. They sign players on, on big contracts, you know, from abroad and stuff, and um, ultimately they don't have the funds, essentially. Um, so, yeah, I, in January, I, I'd left. And uh, an opportunity came about about me going to Macedonia. So in in January, the coach was a was the Turkish coach. He used to play for Galatasaray. You know, I used to watch him. Me and my dad used to watch him um, as a kid. So it was um, it was quite um, it was quite starstruck the first the first day I went there because he was a legend like Turkish player. And uh, yeah, I went to Macedonia. Thought, yeah, you know, I'll, 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 I'll experience going to a new country, see what that's like. Um, so obviously I'd spent six and a half years in, in, in Turkey and I just thought, yeah, why not? And I could just sign a six-month contract, see that out, and I thought it'd be a good reference to then go to England and, and see what I could do. So it was, it was, it was called Scoopy, the team. And in Macedonia, it's, it's similar to like Scotland. There's only like 12 teams in the league. Um but ultimately, if you win that league, you get to go to the Champions League and then like second and third get to go to Europa League. So that was the, the team's objective was to try and get qualification into Europe. And um, yeah, I just thought, you know, that'd be a pretty cool thing to put on my CV that, you know, you've, you've been involved in qualifying for, you know, Champions League or Europa League or, or, or whatever. So yeah, I, I joined there, um, played every single game. Um, I think I, I think just one game I was on the bench which I came on and uh, yeah it was good it came to the last game of the season um, we were we were playing a team which was I think we were third and they were fourth or it might have been the other way around and we were playing away from home and we had to win um, for us to win the game we would get that Europa League qualification uh, going to the Europa League uh, qualifying stages and um, so it was a big game and it was actually played in, in Macedonia's national team's stadium. 
um, I can't remember what the arena is called now, but anyway, it's like a 40,000 seat stadium. United played Real Madrid there in a, um, in a Champions League, you know, like the winner of the Champions League and the winner of the Europa League, they play like a, a game, don't they? Um, they played there, so it was a really big stadium. But for some reason, they, they weren't allowed fans in that particular game. It was nothing to do with COVID, but yeah, just for some reason, like there, there was allowed no fans. It was in an empty stadium. And um, anyway, we played like a really good game and it came to, I think it was like the 75th minute and we went 1-0 behind. And obviously, our only way to get to the Europa League was to win the game. So it came to like the, I think it was the 89th minute. Somebody had, cr- had crossed in and I was at the back post and I just basically kind of, it was, it was kind of like an open goal. So I just tapped it in. And then again, in like the 96th, second minute somebody um did a cross i think it's one of the first ever headers i've ever scored and uh, yeah I, I managed to jump higher than my opponent and head it in and everyone just went crazy you know all of the all of the subs bench the coaches they all ran onto the, the pitch and everyone was celebrating like i was running to one end of the ground and every literally everybody else were running that way so i was celebrating by myself looking around like Yo, why the hell is nobody like chasing me? I've just scored like the winner to take us to the Europa League, and uh, yeah, there's actually a video of it. And I just look an absolute clown running by myself. But yeah, that was kind of the highlight of being there was 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 that game, and then securing uh, the following season's Europa League. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've seen that video, and I think if anyone wanted to search it up, they'd be able to find it. And it was um, it, the scenes were quite quite mad. Um, so before we move on to when you came over to England, um, like you said, you spent seven years abroad now playing football. How like how hard was it going over and playing abroad seven years by yourself when your family's back in England, and what was that like? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially at eighteen, going to a country that although I was, I am Turkish. I'm, you know. I was born and bred in England, you know, I didn't have any Turkish friends, all my friends in school were, were English and I had no real insight to what life was like in Turkey. And obviously with being in a city where not many people spoke English, it was it was very difficult. I remember, you know, ringing up my dad because obviously I'm very close with my, my family and my dad is very kind of influential on what I do football wise as well and saying like, oh, I can't do it, you know, nobody's, nobody's like me you know everyone's completely different all all I'm basically doing is, is playing football and then just sitting down waiting all day it was found it very boring at, at, at times um I didn't really like the city that I was in um so it was it was very very difficult um I think towards the later end of kind of moving to Macedonia I kind of thought of it as a bit more of an, of an experience you know like living in multiple countries, I thought it would be quite cool and being able to see a city in a, in a random country. You know, not many people go to Macedonia, for example. Um, so in, 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 in my later life, I thought it was, it was quite good, but definitely at the start, it's, it's very, very difficult, especially in a, in a country like Turkey, which is completely different to England. But um, I, think it, I think it helps you as a, as a person, you know, you get to see what some people live like and you can kind of, adapt them qualities to your personality maybe um 
So, yeah, it was very challenging, but um, it was a good experience, ultimately. Yeah. So, you come back over to England, um, and then that's where we crossed paths. But before we crossed paths, um, you, you had trials at quite a few different clubs, didn't you, before um, you, you eventually came to Staley Bridge. Um, how, how was it trying to find a trial, considering that you you, you did have experience at quite a good level abroad, uh, mm-hmm. and then to put me through the trials and then not be successful. Um, what was that like? Yeah, um, to, to be honest, I hate trials. Um, it's like, I don't know, maybe doing an exam or an interview for like work or whatever. It's very daunting. You're kind of the new guy that nobody really speaks to or you know, nobody knows or trying to engage with what people are talking about. They're talking about experiences where you were not even there. It's quite hard to, to kind of get, get to terms of that. So when I first came, I think the first club I went on trial with was Bradford. Um, I think it was a one-week trial, which um, was really good. Obviously, they were a League 2 team. I think they'd just been relegated from League 1 the, uh, um, the, the, the season before. So I think the club was, was quite new. But yeah, that was at the very start of the pre-season. I, th- I thought it went quite well. I managed to play one friendly game and I thought I did quite well as well. But ultimately, he just basically said like, look, we've got several wingers and it would be quite difficult for, for you to, to, to play in this team. You know, I wouldn't say you're worse than anyone, but I wouldn't say you're better than anyone, essentially. So he said like, but look, if you, if you ever want to go on trial with anybody else... Um, you can always use me as a reference as I do think you are a good player. So, yeah, I understood that. And um, and then from that, I ended up going on trial with Barrow. So that season, Barrow actually won the National League and now they're in League Two. Um, so I went there. We played a friendly game against, I think I trained there like three or four days. Um, and we played a, a, a pre-season friendly against... I think it was Lancaster who were in who were in our divisions uh, in the Northern Premier League, and um, I played really well. I, I'd scored one, I had assisted one, and I had um, I won a free kick, which basically the, the guy basically scored the free kick. So I don't know if that's an assist or whatever, but I thought I played well. And um, Ian Ever at the time he said like, "Yeah, you played really well. Like, keep continuing coming to training." So I continued going to training for like another week and. Um, then it basically came down to, to funding, basically. He said, um, ultimately, again, and even in training, I remember training and we were doing like exercises, like crossing and finishes. There was like eight or nine wingers. It was just like crazy. He said, like, look, we've got X amount of money and we've got this amount of players, essentially. And again, he basically said, like, you know, we've, I think you're good. But essentially, it comes down to the chairman and, uh, and with funding and stuff like that. So... That was quite disappointing. Um, <clears throat> another kind of setback, which made me just think, like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, I, I don't like trialing. You know, I've been unsuccessful twice now. Um, and at that same time, I was actually trialing with York, which were a national, which were nationally north, at the same time as trialing with Barrow. But ultimately, it came to a, a stage where I had to choose to trial with one or the other. So I had chosen Barrow and then ultimately didn't get in. And then York didn't need me afterwards. So, yeah, I found myself in a bit of a, 
a tricky situation then because I I'd um, I tried at a couple of clubs and, and been unsuccessful at a couple of clubs. So then there was kind of talk about me going back to Turkey and or, or another country to try and try and play there, which is basically I I didn't want to do, but um, you know my dad was kind of suggesting it as something to do because of you know that the, there wasn't any luck around here. So I came to a decision where I was going to see one last one last try basically. So I basically emailed a bunch of teams like my CV. Um, and then Staley Bridge and you was was one of the people that that responded, and I think it was I think it was you, Atherton, and and another team in like the Greater Manchester area had invited me down to oh, train. Was it? Yeah, Aston. And um, yeah, I'd come down to Staley Bridge, and I just I don't know. I just I think it was the ground was really nice, and the, the guys there, and I spoke to the gaffer. And obviously I'd spoken to you quite a lot on that train because the lads were doing quite a bit of running because I think the previous game they had lost or something, so I didn't have to do it. So I just felt a, a lot of the session speaking to you. And I just thought like, yeah, like this is cool. You know, it's local and I think I can I can play in this team and, and hopefully that will, you know, I'll, I'll do well and be able to kick on or something like that. So yeah, that was when I um, essentially assigned for, for, for Staley with Celtic. Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember, so when, when we received your email, um, it came with a, a video, and I remember putting it in to a message to the gaffer, and we just couldn't believe what we'd seen, basically. It was like, it, and I, I, think, I think it is public that you can see the video, I think, is it on YouTube? Uh, yeah, I think it's like Yeah, and I, I think the first, like, three, four goals are all, like, 30, 35 yard screamers. I was like, what is going on here? Like, we can't believe our eyes. And that's when we messaged you and asked you to come down to training. Uh, and you told us that you'd played, was it you played for Bolton Wanderers under 23 in a trial? Uh, yeah, so I think, I think I'd been invited to just play like a game or two with the under 23s, just yeah. try and like maintain fitness. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and then so that was so he said told us that and he was like sit out to sit out the first bit of the session, and uh, I think we watched you in the second half, and I remember we remember just speaking afterwards and was like, you know, he's just always just signing. The gaffer actually said to me, he was like, just like speak to him as much as you can and like make it look a great year, how good it is and stuff like that to try and convince him to come here, and I think you signed, and then I remember. Your dad were I think you signed it originally. Um but yeah then then the rest is history. I mean you you played forty games for us now, which is as not as many as we'd probably hoped for because of COVID, but uh it's been good having you so far. Um so we'll talk a bit more about your stay starting career. Um you've been here eighteen months now. Um yeah. I think I remember your first game. Um, we couldn't believe it, like how good you were in the first game. I, I don't know how you didn't score, um, yeah. but then after that, um, we went, we went on a good run. Uh, I think we had uh, we we had a we had an alright season. Um, you ended up winning play, fans player of the season, and you won a player of the month award in the season. Um, just tell me what it's like, how you found your service experience so far, and. Uh, uh, anything about your service career that you've enjoyed so far? 
there have been a few highlights you you've scored in the derby on on a uh, boxing day so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I can only look back at Staley Bridge as uh, last season as, as as a really good um, as, as as a good time. You know, I, was, I, I just was loving football. You know, any time it was Tuesday night or Thursday night, and I had training, I was just buzzing for it. You know, ultimately, ultimately at other teams, you know, you might be like, "Oh, I'm a bit tired. I don't want to go and train," but I, I never felt like that at Staley Bridge. You know. The lads in in the changing rooms were, were really funny. Everyone got along, you know, staff and players, and uh, yeah, it was just a really good environment to, to to kind of be in. And then obviously we had a really good runner. I think around Christmas time, when I can't remember how many games we went unbeaten, but it was it was a really good period, and there was a lot of momentum behind us that we wanted to actually kind of push for promotion. And um, we had really good players, you know. We had we had Hobbo and, and Darius up front, which, which worked really well. Um, we had good attacking fullbacks with, with Deck and Callum, and uh, and the the team was kind of quite was quite stable. There wasn't many changes that you know it was it, kept, it seemed to be the same team was playing. I think that kind of benefited us. And then uh, yeah, probably the highlight is is playing Hyde on Boxing Day, you know. In, in Turkey, I've never kind of experienced playing on Boxing Day because it's not really celebrated like it is over here. And with it being a derby, there was just shitloads of fans wasn't there, and the atmosphere was great. And uh, just after the game, like I'd actually scored and then got sent off. I mean, that's yeah. just like a classic derby, isn't it? And uh, ultimately, we won. And then, like at the final whistle, there was like a fight that was breaking out in the middle of the pitch, which was crazy. And yeah. you know, fans came running on, and it was. If I look back at some of my favourite ever games being involved in, I'd probably put that up there in top three, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you've probably not scored as many goals as you'd like to, but you've scored some some good ones. I mean, uh, I know I, I don't like to mention this game, but Longridge game was a very good goal uh, to equalise in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a good one. Gainsborough game again, that was a, another good goal in week four. Uh, ultimately, that came to the end as, end as we liked. But uh, there have been some highlights in there, uh, definitely. Um, when, when you talk about that season, last season where we was on a good run for promotion, do you think if, uh, if there was no changes in the squad and obviously Darius going, um, do, you think we, do you think we'd have got close without COVID? I, I think so, yeah. I mean, it might be easy to say that, but we were, we were going into games thinking we're going to win, we're going to smash them as well. It wasn't like, oh, it's a tough game. I remember we played like South Shields away and um, South Shields were flying at the time. And yeah. I think we ultimately lost 2-1 and we gave away a penalty in like the last second or something like that. And yeah. we played really good that game. And and we were going into, like, for example, hide away. You know, we dominated them and we played really well. Uh, and loads of other other games that I can't think from the top of my head, but yeah. you know the team was was really good. You know Darius was scoring all the time. You know you had Backer who was involved in goals, Hobbo holding it up, and the defense was quite solid as well. Um, but yeah, ultimately I I would have preferred to have scored more goals. You know I, I probably had a lot of chances to score and I'd missed quite a lot, but. Um, I always felt like whenever I played for Staley Bridge in general, I, I kind of played good and I always worked yeah. my socks off and, and stuff like that. But yeah, ultimately, you, you kind of get based on your goals and assists. And um, if I had to look back at, at that season, I would, have, I would have hoped to have scored more and, and assisted more. But um, 
then obviously it got kind of called off because of COVID, didn't it? Which was which was really shit. But yeah, really yeah. good team. Yeah. I think if the team would have would have stayed together, I think we would have done a lot more better than than what we ended up doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you said you want you wish you'd have scored more and you get to a top that, but clearly the fans took to you when they uh, uh, give you that award. Uh, I, I know we didn't get to celebrate or anything like that, but it must have been. Uh, a bit of an honour to, to get a, a player of the season award, especially when you didn't start the season there as well. You you came half part way through. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I joined after about ten or eleven games, and even getting like the player of the month for January was just like a massive honour. Um, from other teams that I played for, there was never really that kind of like player of the month, player of the season kind of trophy sort of. Um, you know, recognition. So it was the first time I'd ever experienced being, you know, given player of the month or something like that. And then obviously at the end to be awarded fans player of the month, I'd be it maybe 90% of the, uh, the votes probably from my dad or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it, I felt great when I, when, um, when I'd won that, you know, you, you ultimately feel good about yourself. Like you've done a good job, but yeah, being critical, obviously, you know, you want numbers, don't you? You want goals, you want assists, but you know, um, something that I tried to improve on a little bit this year. Um, I think I scored five last year, and um, in I think was it nine games we played. I think I scored three, so you know yeah. I'd already beaten half of it in um, in that amount of games. But yeah, was really really uh, was really pleased when I when I found out that I'd won that. Yeah, hopefully we can see more Ustabashi uh, goals at Barfold in the in the distant future. Um, yeah, the burner power. Um, so, obviously, you've had a taste a couple of times of trials at like league clubs and stuff like that. Um, before we move on uh, to some more questions about your know, teammates and stuff, um, how does it, it essentially, because we're part time, we train two times a week. Um, you took the opportunity to go to UA92 uh, and you're a student there at the moment doing a bachelor's in is it sports and exercise science. Yeah. Um, how, how, do you, how do you find that from, uh, fitting in with your football as well and how you find your course? Yeah, so obviously when I joined Staley Bridge, it was, it was part-time, so I wanted to do something in the day, whether that be some sort of part-time job or... or dive into education um, obviously I had joined UA92 when I was 25 so I'd left when I was 18 so seven year gap without education you know it's, it's quite quite a while and you forget quite a lot of the things that you were taught but ultimately football is a short career isn't it you know we don't play in the Premier League where at, at 35 you can kind of just kick a fat one and, and you know not have to worry about financial problems or anything like that um, so I wanted to get um you know, a degree in something which when I finish playing football, um, you know, ultimately is benefits me financially and is something that I enjoy. So I thought going to UA92 is, um, it, was a, it was a new university, which is um, opened by the class of 92. And um, it's, it's, it's only right around the corner from where I am. So I'm in Sale and it's in, um, it's in Trafford near um, Old Trafford Cricket Ground. Um, and it just fits so well. So I'd be there from nine till one and then we'd have training at like, you know, seven till you know nine or whatever. So 
just the kind of schedule um, just fitted in really well and then being able to get a part-time job um, working with Foundation 92, which is like a charity-based um, sports program for, you know, it's linked with, with Salford City and it offers sport to, to young people within Salford. Um, so another kind of path of something, you know, within the sports industry, getting experience and, and being able to, um, to do that instead of, you know, your generic job, maybe working at Tesco or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I kind of thought mainly for the future um, with the degree. And um, yeah, when I when when I complete the course, hopefully I'll do like a, a master's degree and then you know end up getting a job or something. But yeah, I'm we'll have to wait and see. Um, is it, is it something you're hoping to be able to go on to do once you've got qualifications? I don't know. Um, I keep like changing my mind, but at the moment I do I do like the idea of maybe being a physio. I know Steve is a physio, and um, I. I I find it quite interesting how how like the body kind of heals and the, the, the right practices you have to do to try and accelerate healing and and I think that would be something that would be quite interested in doing maybe one day working for a for a sports team as a physio or maybe like Steve-O does work for the NHS I don't know that's kind of the path that I'm kind of thinking of right now but um, you know it does change it you know next week I might want to be a sports scientist or something I don't really know. That's um, you could be the new day pover. Uh, yeah, to. take his job. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't think he'd like you saying that. When he, when he retires. Uh, um, so before we, before I said the next, next few questions, um, you're currently alone at Chorley in the National League North. Um, just tell us a bit about uh, how come you've ended up going to Chorley alone. I don't, few fans will be a bit like skeptical as to why you've gone there, but. Just make a bit more sense of it for them uh, while you're here. Yeah, so obviously with the Northern Premier League, it's been postponed since when, when was it postponed? Like November, was it or something? Yeah, so towards the end of November. Yeah, November. Um, and ultimately, I just didn't want to be sat around um, with uni. It was was online uni, so not really getting out of the house. And then with with um, with working with Foundation ninety two, I was put on furlough. So ultimately, I just wanted to kind of get out and and do something essentially, um, and obviously play football, which is what I love to do. Um, so I ended up ringing you about it, didn't I, and saying like, look, what, what would be the possibilities of me maybe going out on loan for a month or, or until whenever the season starts back up again? Because I knew that there was a player in our team who had come from Marine, um, so I knew it was maybe possible to do. Um, and then obviously, you asked, you know some clubs about you know whether I could go and then it, it came to um, um, Chorley said that they were they were uh, interested because obviously Irfan um, or we know him as coach yeah. was at um, Staley Bridge last year so so obviously he knew me and then um, obviously he gave me that opportunity to to kind of go to to Chorley and um, yeah I've been there for a month um, managed to play like my first start was, was last weekend um, because of they were involved in that FA Cup run weren't they and then which obviously I wasn't eligible to play in and then <clears throat> there was a two week kind of pause for the National League as well so I managed to play last week which was, was really good to kind of be back out there and, and, and play 
Um, we played against Gloucester, who were, were top of the league, and I think we drew 1-1, so it was, it was quite a good away point. We were unlucky not to win, I, I think. Um, but yeah, ultimately just being able to kind of train, even at least go out and play football is... Um, you know, it was really important to me and, you know, yeah. was credit credit to you and credit to everyone in, involved in kind of letting me go out there on that. That's no problem. And um, so we'll come back to Staley Bridge again now. Um, and just a few questions about sort of your teammates and stuff like that. Um, who, who do you think is the best player you've played with uh, in your time at Staley Bridge so far? I mean, there were several good players. Obviously, you look at you look at numbers and, and, and impact, and you'd, you'd probably have to say Darius, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. obviously, he's, he's a great striker, and he, he ended up transferring to South Shields, which was last season by far the best team in the league, in my opinion. Um, and obviously, he was a match winner, wasn't he? You know, he scored goals in vital um, situations. He was fast, he was strong, he was able to hold up the ball and technically good at dribbling. Um, so in terms of like um, a goal scoring um, ability, you know, Darius was 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 really influential, especially in that period when we were doing well. But you know, you look at you look at other players as well. You know, you had like Deck, who I don't know how many assists he got from right back in in that league, which was you know, which which was mad. You had you had Denty in midfield, who was just battling all the time and gave one hundred and twenty percent every time. You know, you had Backer who could score, he could assist, he could run, you know, he could defend. So there, there was a lot of players who I thought were, were really good. Um, but I think if you have to, you have to, you have to look at the best player, you'd probably say Darius, wouldn't you? Who was a, who was really um, good impact for us. Before, before we move on, how, how did you find it con- compared to, to playing abroad for seven years and and then coming into the Northern Premier League and playing games like that? Um, I'd say it's, it's definitely more physical. Um, playing in, in Macedonia in Turkey, um, <clears throat> if you got a touch basically and you went down, it's very, very likely they would award a foul. Whereas in England, you know, sometimes you have to be kind of shocked to get a foul, it feels sometimes. You know, you've got some guy pulling your shirt, some guy kneeing you, you know. Um, so in terms of physicality, it's a lot different. I'd also say that the... Um, that the tempo of the game is a lot quicker here, whereas in Turkey, you know, it's you playing sometimes in 30, 35 degree heat, it's quite a lot slow possession-based football, whereas sometimes teams over here are more direct, you know, maybe they have a big target man and they just look to play around him. So there's, there's definitely different styles, but ultimately I would say probably the physicality and maybe the tempo are the two main um, differences, definitely. Yeah. Have you found it working under Simon? Yeah, brilliant. Um, I've loved um, working with Simon and obviously one of the reasons why I, I stayed the following year was because of Simon. Um, you know, I always felt like I was, I, was, I was confident under his management. You know, some games last year I'd maybe not performed as well, but I was always still in the team. You know, I don't think, I, I think the first game I actually played was on the bench. The rest of them I was always, you know, first 11. So, you know, having a manager that kind of believed in you was, was I thought, was really good. Um, and obviously with him being a, an attacker himself, you know, being able to kind of 
learn from him and ultimately you want to score more goals don't you and obviously Simon in his career was, was a goal scorer so and, and and then against that just a great kind of character as well so down to earth and um, yeah I, I, you know credit to him basically um, so carrying on with your teammates and stuff um, who do you think the funniest player in your two seasons so far has been there's been a there's been quite a few um, yeah, there was there was quite a few. I mean, there's people that were were funny, which weren't even meant to be funny, like Khalid. I mean, some of the things that he would come out with was just hysterical, um, but you know, not intentionally. So you know, you've got you've got people like him. You've got you obviously you've got um, the Warrington lads of Deccan and uh, and Bacco, who, who were really funny as well. But I think I think Hobbo was probably the funniest. Some of the things that he would. He would say or just like act out would, would just crack me up like on the group chat um, I mean even the gaffer was really funny as well um, just I would I'd, sometimes you'd, you'd leave your phone for a few hours and then you'd look back and you've got about 150 messages from from the group chat and you'd just literally be laughing out loud reading some of the messages <laughs> like honestly it's, I've never been involved with such a bunch of players which was so like, it was so funny like you just loved going to training because it was it was hilarious a lot of the time you know a lot of the stick was aimed at you and it was just hilarious yeah. but you know you took you take it so well like a champion uh, credit to you on that but yeah definitely a lot of um, funny characters in um, in, um, in in the team so you've not really had much opportunity to go out with the lads from this year um, like last year uh, with everything going on but out the t- out of the two seasons, uh, is there a player come to mind that was the worst dressed that you've seen at the club? Worst dressed? Um, well, yeah, like you say, from, 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 from this season, we haven't really been out, so there's no one you can, you can really highlight. I'd, I'd probably yeah. have to go for the easy option of maybe Khalid. Um, not necessarily that he dresses poorly, but, you know, he dresses like he's... Um, you know, maybe a pop star or something like that. Um, you know, you, you'd maybe say him. You know, I know there was one time that you dressed and um, I think you, you were wearing like three-quarter pants and your ankles were, were proper showing. I think you got a lot of banter for that. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, there's, there's no one that really comes to mind who I think like, oh, God, he, his dressing is awful. Maybe maybe me, you know, I'm very basic with my dressing, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm like a fashion icon or anything, you know, it's genuinely when I go out with some jeans and a jumper and some, and some shoes, you know, so, you know, I might be a bit boring in terms of, in terms of that, but, um, but yeah, I think I'd probably say Khaled just because he's young and he, you know, he dresses like he's young as well. Um, you know, like an aspiring, um, you know, pop star or something like that, maybe. <laughs> He'll probably take that to be fair to him. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so, again, with all the with all the players, um, if you could pick a five-a-side team, uh, uh, so go and win a five-a-side league on the players you've got uh, that you play with in Stanleybridge, um, you can you can include yourself, um, and you don't have to have a goalkeeper. Who would you pick? Right. I wouldn't include myself because in a short-sided game, I'm awful. You know. The only thing I've got is a bit of pace, so I need a big pitch to be able to to um, to show that off, maybe. So um, let's think. I'd probably put. 
I'm going to go with a goalkeeper because of, you know, I think that's, I'm going to go with, with uh, the Slovak cat, Alex. Um, he was a, he was a great guy to, to be around. He was very, um, he, he, he was a good shot stopper. And obviously coming from United, um, he has that experience and he was a good guy off the pitch as well. You know, I always spoke to him and was always very fond of him. Um, then I'd probably say five aside. Um, <clears throat> ooh, in defence, I'd probably go with, maybe with Callum. Um, very strong, very athletic, you know, good with his left and good with his right. Um, so I'd probably put him at the back. Probably alongside, um, uh, yeah, go on. I'll put Steve-O in there as well, why not? Maybe not the quickest, but, you know, he's, he's the leader of the team. Um, he's going he's gonna to make sure everyone's doing the job. And, uh, you know, in some training sessions when we're doing fire side, he does go on little mazy runs as well. So, you know, from the back, it, it's, it's quite good. Um, then I think we've got two more spots than haven't we? So I'll probably go with Darius up front, um, score all the goals and, uh, and work for the team. And then probably in terms of a five-a-side, it might be quite a, a rogue one, but I'd probably choose Neil. I thought in training when I'd actually first come to Staley Bridge, in training I thought he was amazing like he was so strong so technically gifted and stuff like that and he really stood out to me in training so I think in a small-sided game I think he'd be he'd be very good you know so yeah probably probably choose Neil yeah it's not a bad team that a lot of pace in there as well though yeah not not too much um not too much necessary technical ability or anything but a lot of pace and power and maybe direct football (laughs) Um, and then, before we go, um, have you got any stories of t- your times in football that, that stand out and you think people people like to hear? Um, I don't know. You, you, you kind of asked me this before, didn't you? And I, I was kind of hoping that one would kind of come to my mind um, yeah. at the end. I'd, I'd probably say one of the funniest ones is, is the video of me celebrating by myself. You know, the whole team, uh, when I was in Macedonia and, and I'd scored, the whole team of running one one side of the pitch and, and I'm kind of just literally running and then looking behind, looking to see if anyone's actually celebrating with me and I, I look a right clown. Um, and then probably one of the highlights is, is is the Hyde game as well. Just It was just a great game, you know, great atmosphere on Boxing Day. But yeah, other than that, I can't really think of any, any other like great, um, kind of moments that you know come come from the top of my head, really. Um, sorry to be a bit boring, but yeah, I'd probably say those. That's okay. That's okay. Well, that will bring us to a close. Um, it's been good to talk to you, learn more about your career. Obviously, I've spoken to you before, but not not this this much in depth. And um, hopefully, when times uh, are better, we'll see you back at Bowerfold and on the uh, Bernard Bauer. Yeah, thanks very much for inviting me on. Um, it's been really good. And we want you to be on uh, on Talk Random next week, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll uh, I'll come and return the favour and come on your podcast. Yeah, uh, so if anyone wants to go and watch John's podcast as well, he, uh, he does a podcast with uh, Abs from his uni. Um, so I'll go and give that uh, a look. Well, I'll probably see it on his Twitter or something like that.
Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming, John. And uh, yeah. I'll, hopefully, I'll see you soon. Yeah. Thank yeah, you very much. Let's see you soon a bit.